In this show, we focus on adversity and how you can use it to become stronger from the inside out. We outline principles and tactics that will guide you to living a life with purpose. Our guest today is Marcus Aurelius Anderson. He is the author of The Gift of Adversity, a TEDx motivational speaker, a mindset coach, and a lifelong martial artist. At 38, Marcus signed up with the United States Army, and while waiting to be deployed, he suffered a severe injury that would change his life forever. Marcus refused to be a victim, and during his mind shift, he found lessons to be learned from his injury. He soon discovered that his adversity was a true gift, and he used it to elevate his mindset and strengthen his spirit. Don't miss this powerful conversation where we're going to dive deep into the principles outlined in the book, The Gift of Adversity. We're going to discuss how to prepare for adversity, how to return to simplicity, how to set yourself up to succeed, how to focus, how to use motivation to create discipline, and how to make the best of shitty circumstances. Join us in this great conversation. Stand by. Welcome to the Man of War podcast where we forge men into warriors and get them battle-ready for the game of life. Learn warrior hacks that strengthen your mindset, self-confidence, courage, and personal protection skills. Unlock a life that embodies a warrior spirit for dynamic success in life and in business. If you're joining us for the first time, you're tuning in to the one and only podcast that empowers you to achieve greatness by living the warrior lifestyle. Each show, we interview elite men from around the globe and delve deep into their mindset and daily rituals, uncovering their secrets to success. I'm Rafa Conde, founder and creator of the Man of War movement. Join me on this life-altering journey where we recharge your mind, body, and spirit. Rise and night, my brothers. Welcome back to the Man of War podcast. My name is Rafa Conde, and I am your host, Today, we have an awesome episode for you. We are bringing back Marcus Anderson to the show. If you remember, we had him on episode number eight. That became one of our most popular shows. Now, if you've not checked out that episode, I urge you to go have a listen at manofwar.live forward slash M-O-W forward slash 008. In this episode, we're really going to dive deep into his new book, The Gift of Adversity. You're going to get a tremendous amount of value here. I promise you that. So many lessons learned. You're going to be basically hooked because we're going to start off at 100 miles an hour and we are not going to stop. So make sure you listen all the way through because it gets deeper and deeper as we go along. Before we get started, it's that time of the year. It's the season to be thankful, and I am so grateful for each and every one of you. Each and every one of you warrior-minded men that have decided to start walking with me in this path that we call the warrior's path. Now, your emails, I got to tell you, they make me feel that what I'm doing right here is so meaningful and it's helping you cultivate the warrior spirit in your lives. Men like yourselves have stepped up to lead from the front, to be better husbands, to be better fathers, to be better friends, businessmen, but above all, to be warriors prepared for battle, prepared to live courageous lives as protectors and providers. That is what I'm talking about, gentlemen. Now, gentlemen, if you enjoy this podcast, please share it with warrior-minded men that you know men that you know would really get something out of it. And of course, 
If you've not done so already, I ask you to please leave us a review on iTunes. It will really mean a lot to us. This is how we get our mission out. This is how we get this movement out to other warrior-minded men. Now, check this out. If you're wondering what all the buzz is about surrounding the Warrior Development Academy, I'm telling you, go check this out. Go join hundreds of warrior-minded men that are strengthening their confidence, courage, and mindset in all aspects of their lives using the triad of mind shift, field dominion, and warrior craft. Go join for free right now. That's right, for free. I'm giving you two weeks at forgingawarrior.com. You have absolutely nothing to lose. That's forgingawarrior.com. Now, let's jump right into it. Marcus, welcome back to the show. This is the first time for us. We're having you back on, and we're so honored to have you, man. Welcome. Man, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here, and I'm honored to be on here a second time. I'm really happy to to, uh, to talk again. You're fantastic, man. <laughs> Dude, man, I got to tell you something. You are the first guest that we've had uh, for a second time around, and uh, I'm just loving what you're doing. This great book that we're going to talk about today, um, I'm halfway through it right now. And first off, I want to say thank you for sending me a copy because um, very inspirational, very motivational. And I want to tell my uh, listeners out there, you got to go out and buy this book. It's called The Gift of Adversity. It's called The Gift of Adversity. All right, let's start this off, buddy. So for our listeners that don't know who you are, can you kind of give us a, a, a brief synopsis of, of who you are and why you wrote this book, my friend? Yeah, thank you. The As you said, we've talked before about sort of the backstory, but I was in the military. I got injured. I was uh, paralyzed. I was told I'll never walk again. Once I was in that position, I had to take a lot of time because I couldn't do anything else. I couldn't walk. I couldn't go on the internet. I couldn't surf on the cell phone. And I asked a lot of hard questions. You know, I got kicked in the ass a lot by that injury. And the injury made me figure out what was really important, what wasn't important, and made me put my life in perspective. Um, luckily, about three months later, I was able to actually start to move my fingers on my hands and start to actually recover. And now that I'm able to walk again, I just want to spread the word. Um, I'm a public speaker. I'm a coach. I'm an author. And my job now is to go out and give people the knowledge that I got and not have to pay the price that I did to get it. Awesome. Now, what drove you to write a book? I mean, when we've talked about this quite a few times, but kind of get into the nitty gritty here on what, you know, what it was your driving force that when you were um, kind of doing your rehab and, and I imagine it was very difficult for you that you decided to say, you know what, I need to share this experience with people. That, that's exactly it. There's, there's so much stuff that's out there right now and there's a lot of stuff that's woo-woo and it's, it makes you feel all warm and fuzzy, but it doesn't really give you anything concrete or anything specific on how to do things to get out of where you're at. And I wanted to tell some of my stories so I could help other people that are going through hardships, but I also wanted to let people understand these are the steps that I took to get there. This is the shift in the mindset that I had, and these are the ways that I look at things now. And now I use that in, in everything I do, and it, it bleeds into all aspects of my life. So the book tells you the steps that I took, the mentality that I had, and then it gives um, examples in, in real life. And just like you and I love, there's a lot of uh, martial art examples in there. There's a lot of combat type examples in there. 
but there is some some motivation and some, some inspiration too. So I try to make it user friendly, and you get a lot out of the book. So talk to me a little bit about. Let's get right into the book here, and um, what kind of struck me initially was the fact that how it happened to you, it was something kind of like out of the blue, completely out of the blue, caught you completely off guard. And the way you dealt with it at that moment, everything was surreal. Yeah, absolutely. I, there was no big, huge accident. I didn't, it didn't just happen all of a sudden. Now I'm, I'm like this. It is something that slowly crept up on me with that injury. And then when I was to the point where I couldn't move and I couldn't get out of bed, that's when I was like, holy crap, this is, this is really happening now. Once that happened, it made me really have to figure out what to do. And I was beside myself. I did kind of try to figure out what the hell am I going to do now. It was like a, you know, a bad dream. And that's when I had to start making some really tough decisions and asking myself some really tough questions. And I realized that a lot of the stuff I was doing was not because I wanted to do it. And uh, that's why I, I live my life differently now. I live it on my own terms. And that's why I'm here today with you, my friend. You talk about ferocious optimism in the book. Tell me a little bit about that. The the way that I look at it is when I'm looking at my looking at my shortcomings, I'm brutally honest. But that brutal honesty is the only thing that can give you ferocious optimism, right? If I'm just sitting here, if you're telling me that I'm doing a great job and I'm not, and I start believing my own hype, and then all of a sudden I go out there and I'm not doing my job correctly, like you're teaching me martial arts and I'm not doing the right thing, I'm going to get hurt or I'm going to get somebody else hurt. So I need to be brutally honest with myself to figure out how to be that that ferociously optimistic. Only then can you start building up that optimism and start saying, huh, okay, I am making progress. I am getting better. Without that, we're just, um, there's a lot of, uh, gratitude is important, but a lot of people seem to just think that's the only thing you need. But being gracious is important, but you have to have the hard work and you have to be willing to put in the tough times to get there as well. And that's what the ferocious optimism comes from. Do you believe this incident in your life made you stronger in body, in mind, and in spirit? Oh, yeah. I, I, I can't think of anything else that would have. I mean, the reason why I call it the gift of adversity is because at first I was trying to run from it. I was mad. I was pissed off. I was scared. And then I realized that the only way to get through this was through it. The only way to get through this was to face it head on and to go through it. Once I was looking at my adversity as a gift instead of a curse, that's whenever I was able to start feeling feeling in my fingers, started to recover a little bit. And you know how it is. It's like anything else. Your, your strongest opponent is going to be your best teacher. That's how we learn. For better or for worse, pain and discomfort are the best teachers. So once we go through there and we actually run into somebody who's stronger and better than us, it forces us to level up. It doesn't allow us the opportunity or the luxury of saying, oh, I don't feel like it today. Well, it's too bad. You better, you better figure it out. And that's what I had to do through this adversity. Loud and clear on that. Loud and clear. For our listeners, just so you know, um, I'm scanning the book here. I mean, basically, I, I'm, I'm typically when I sit down for a podcast, I'm very structured. I have notes. Um, I've done a lot of research. However, for this particular podcast, I decided to go with the book and hand uh, the book that I'm reading and just ask questions based on questions that I had um, when I was reading it. And um, so I think this is going to be pretty unique, pretty cool. All right. You also talk a little bit about living a life with purpose. Can you share with our listeners what that means to you? 
the, everybody talks about purpose, but what I have found, especially in these this arena that we're discussing, everybody talks about purpose and they make it sound like anything that even comes to mind that's remotely appealing is their purpose. But I can't live my life like that. I have to have a handful of priorities and I have to make those things the most important thing. So if if everything is a priority, then nothing is a priority. It's the same thing with purpose. So, so I'm not, you know, ambiguous. My purpose was initially to walk again, to get through this. That was my initial purpose. I focused all my energy, all my effort on that. And once I was lucky enough to have that happen, then I said, I'm going to take these exact same steps and do with it the rest of my life. So instead of compromising and doing something that somebody else may want me to do, or instead of taking a job that may pay me a lot of money initially, but I'm not satisfied or I'm not doing something that's helping other people with my experience, that I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to compromise on that. And that's what purpose is in my mind. Very good. Very good. I mean, you're a warrior-minded guy. I mean, you've been training martial arts for years. And do you feel at one point, um, this is just a, a question that I've, I've wanted to ask even from before, do you feel that the martial arts pushed you through this and helped you get through this? It, it absolutely did. The whole premise of you know, yin-yang or even in a judo throw, for example, if you have a bigger, stronger opponent that pushes into you, if I push on that same plane, I'm not going to be able to beat them. They've already got the advantage. But if I can turn and I can cut the angle or if I blend with the energy and now all of a sudden they're moving forward, now I've broken their balance, now I can blend with that and now I go to the next thing. For me, the adversity that I faced was way too strong and I literally had to mentally allow myself to go with it so that I could find out the direction it was pushing me. Once I found that direction, that's when everything started changing in my life. All right. Bruce Lee was definitely one of my mentors coming up. I've pretty much absorbed all his writings, <laughs> absorbed and watched his movies hundreds of times. Yeah. And I've know you, I know you've had the honor uh, to train under um, Inosanto, uh, Guru Inosanto, and I'm sure that has been a, an experience for you, and, and uh, uh, you've learned so much, I imagine, uh, from uh, Guru Inosanto. I want to go back to a quote that uh, has, has been very powerful in my life, but you kind of put it here in the book, and when I reread it and somebody else's book, it kind of, boom, you know, just brought that fire, ignited that fire inside. I'm going to read it to you. Knowing is not enough. We must apply. Willing is not enough. We must do. What do you take out of that? I mean, how do you translate it? Man, Bruce Lee, that guy, 32 years old, he accomplished so much in that lifetime, right? And he was a person that was way ahead of his time. And just like you said, he wasn't a guy that was, you know, talking a pretty talk and then he couldn't back it up. And that's exactly the way I look at it. So many times right now, for example, you can get on YouTube, you can read stuff on the, in a book, you can take in all this content, but if you are not applying it, um, how many people do we know they are like, yeah, I watch a lot of YouTube and they did this martial art technique on there. It's like, that looks great on YouTube, right? But unless you're actually working it, unless you're actually trying to make it happen yourself, it's probably not going to work for you if you have to defend yourself with it in the first place. And that's the way I look at it. Bruce Lee was very much a person who applied what he learned. He very much questioned what he learned. Gentlemen, it's time for you to step up and take hold of your life. Stop flatlining day in and day out, burying your head in the sand, or living a life that is fake. Discover 
Listen to me. Discover who you are by opening your soul, your mind, and letting go of all the poison. Become that man that runs towards the gunfire. Become the protector. Become the provider. Start living a warrior lifestyle now. Cultivate that warrior spirit. Go grab this free booklet that I created titled Strengthen Your Warrior Spirit. It's going to set you on the path to living the warrior life. Go to forgingawarrior.com forward slash manual and pick it up for free. Now back to the show. Because he was, I, I call him in my, in my book, a martial atheist. Because in the end, he was a seeker of truth. He didn't care if it came from Muay Thai, if it came from Kali, or if it came from, you know, Chinese martial arts. If it worked, he would use it. And that's the way I try to look at everything in my life as well, philosophically, and, and everything else that I do. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I mean, I'm 100% with you. And this is not a martial arts podcast as far as that goes. We can sit here and talk for hours about that. Oh, but yeah. You're, 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 you're spot on. I mean, it's... Um, you know, the way that he researched other martial arts and he delved himself into not only just reading about it, but then practicing them and integrated it, uh, you know, into his own way, into his, his philosophy. I mean, he, he's he was way beyond years, uh, you know, back then. And it's um, now you're I'm still learning from a lot of his writings and going back and seeing, you know, JKD, how it's evolved and how his students have just absolutely you know taken the art to different levels i mean I'm, i love it man i think it's it's phenomenal you talk about passion in the book all right finding passion all right so passion is a little bit different for everyone but what was passion for you and how did you disseminate it on paper it's there's a like we were saying before a lot of people get their passion their purpose either mixed up or they feel that what their passion is is the only thing that they'll be passionate for for the rest of their life. Um, there's a concept in there that I talk about, and I, I, I actually have a figure. It's called uh, Ikigai. It's the Japanese concept of finding purpose. And it, it's very nice because it simplistically has four circles, and it puts all these things down, and it puts down what do you love, what is something that you can do from a vocational standpoint, what is something that the world needs, what is something that you get that gives you pleasure. All these things, they start looking how they overlap, so for me, I've loved martial arts, and I've taught martial arts, and I still do, and I'll always do martial arts for the rest of my life. Having said that, right now, I need to transition more into what I'm doing now where I can make a bigger impact with a book, with a speaking engagement, with this podcast, than if I were to just sit there and um, try to follow that path if it's not doing what I needed to do to make that kind of impact I need to make. So it's okay to have a lot of interests, but a passion has to be something that you can do for the rest of your life that you're going to enjoy as well as something that you can pivot within and create other opportunities for yourself and others in the process. You write about simplicity and returning to simplicity, returning to the basics, returning to the core. Um, in life, complexity at times attacks us. Yes. We tend to complicate things. We tend to focus on too many things that have zero meaning that have absolutely zero meaning and that in the end could make no impact yet we tend to sit there and dwell on them however 
you know, you kind of broke it down here. I like the way that you broke it down, you know, returning to simplicity, returning back to our core. Talk to me about that. And you're absolutely right. It's so easy to get caught up in everything from social media to TV, whatever, you know, we're bombarded by, but simplicity is everything. So I, I talk about Hicks law, for example, where it talks about, you know, if I learn 17 different defenses to a technique, I might get confused in the heat of battle if that right cross comes at me, if I don't know how to defend myself against it. So the simplicity of understanding one way to defend myself that works most of the time and then working that over and over again allows me to keep that simplicity and not get caught up in it. The simplicity of the 80-20 rule, Pareto's principle, where it's, I talk about boxing, I say there's six punches, but the punch that mocks, knocks most people out is the right cross. Occam's razor is an idea of basically most of the time the most simplistic answer is the correct one so just like in combat if i'm doing 11 moves to get to the, the conclusion to defend myself i don't have that luxury most of the time and for me the simplicity was understanding that my education when i was laying in that bed didn't help me the amount of money i had didn't help me a lot of the stuff that i had thought about didn't help me what helped me or what was important at that time was my family my belief system and my operating system within those confines so by doing that and knocking myself back down to the to brass tacks, that's what's helped me kind of realign now. And that's why I say it's an, a gift because if it had been any other time in my life at 40 years old, I would not have had the luxury of being able to lay in a bed for months and make, make myself ask these brutal questions. Sure. I mean, it's, uh, you know, the age and, and, and the fact is that uh, how long were you in bed? I mean, literally laying in I bed. was in bed for a year, but I was able to move a little bit within about six months. And then it took me almost a year to get to the point where I could actually walk, I would say, on my own with a walker and things like that. So, you know, that's a long time, no matter how you break yeah. it. But, you know, Bruce Lee was bedridden for a while and he had some major breakthroughs, you that's know, writing the Tao of Jeet Kune Do. And absolutely. I mean, that was... Uh, did you have any type of breakthrough when you were in bed like that? Oh, man, I had all kinds of breakthroughs. I, I, we always talk about, you know, we want to live without regrets. And the reality is we're going to have regret, you know, but the idea is to minimize those. And I regretted all the stuff I didn't try. I regretted all the opportunities that I had taken for granted. And while these words are not unique, they're unique the way that I'm saying them. So if you can put yourself in that position where you're like, man, if I, if I couldn't do anything else for the rest of my life and I'm laying in bed, what would I want to do? What do I need to work on? What needs to get done right now? And that will give you that, one, that will give you priorities, and two, it will give you urgency because we don't know. I mean, especially in today's day and age, stuff can happen so fast. So we have to fig figure out what's really important now instead of chasing a bunch of bullshit that's shiny and keeps a, you know, makes us feel good for a second and move on to the stuff that's really important because in the end, that's what's going to matter the most. What is your take on motivation? There's sometimes a double-edged sword where, you know, it's said that motivation is shit, uh, that you need it to come from within, uh, that motivation is short-lasting. Uh, what's your take on motivation? I, I absolutely agree. Motivation is, you know, I call it um, the intellectual porn that most people, they want to get more of it all the time. Motivation is the thing that leads you in a direction, but discipline is what makes things happen. If we do it correctly, though, if we look at motivation, we can use that to create discipline. We can use that to create habits and routines. And through that motivation, whenever we get tired, once we're going through the motions and once we're already in that, that cycle, 
we can almost let it feed forward for us so we don't have to work harder. So, for example, if you know that you're going to train, you know, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 6 p.m., even when you don't feel like it, if you have all of your stuff set out and you have your gear in your vehicle, you're like, you know what, I'm already halfway there, I might as well go. But if you wait for motivation to make you go, you probably won't go on the nights when you feel a little bit sore or when you feel like you don't want to go and get your ass kicked in the evening, so to speak, when you're training. So motivation is fine. That's what gets things started. But discipline is what actually makes things come to fruition. And that's what how you get anything really done that's going to be long-term, which is what you and, our, you and I and your listeners are wanting to do with our lives. Discipline is, in my opinion, the key a key component to developing success and basically all aspects in your of your life. It's a no-brainer. Without discipline, you're not going to be successful. I don't care who you are, um, unless you're some trust fund baby. But for the most part, um, a man that steps up to the plate and is disciplined in his approach to life, um, absolutely 100% will be successful. Give our listeners a few tips on how you would recommend someone to start off disciplining themselves and, and kind of taking the few steps. For example, a guy that wants to get to the gym, a guy that maybe wants to look for or, you know another job, or a guy that wants to start training martial arts or, or, or boxing or whatever. And what would you recommend? I mean, you talked about, you know, having the, you know, your uniform, your gi ready. And once you see it, it's already there. You're kind of halfway there. Talk to me about yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you set yourself up to succeed as best you can. And especially if it's a person who's trying to try something new, I would say set a, as, as crazy as it sounds, set an easy goal initially. Give yourself this small step so that you can succeed and then continue to base up from there. So for some people, we were talking about martial arts. Some people are afraid to even walk through the door because they're like, man, look at all these guys and they're doing all this stuff and it's intimidating. But if you can get online and look at what they do and then you drive by the academy and then you walk by the academy, now all of a sudden you've already gone through it three times in your mind. Now you can walk through the door. These small baby steps will get you in that first direction. And once you reach that level of success, then it kind of feeds forward from there. But most people will allow that initial you know, barrier to stop them. And if that small hurdle is the first one that stops you, you're probably not going to do it in the first place. So just like anything, like law enforcement, when you apply, they have a, a big stack of paperwork, right? Because they want to see if you're going to even do that. And if you're not going to do all the stuff to get there in the first place, that's the first thing that gets rid of all the people that shouldn't be there, you know, initially already. Amen to that, brother. Amen. I mean, it's it's actionable goals. It's taking that step, taking that action uh, yes. instead of just letting it sit there. You know, a lot of, you know, it, 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 you know, we can go off in a tangent here, but what bothers me in my core is, there are so many people out there that love to watch YouTube, that love to watch movies, that love to read and, you know, go into social media and they live vicariously through these media outlets, but they don't do shit for themselves. You know, so, I mean, it's it's and, and we need to have men step up. We need to have them move forward and uh in my my opinion, my humble opinion here is that men like yourself that are going out there and teaching the world to get beyond adversity, to push through it, we need men like this. We need men like you over and over again, man. 
Thank you, brother. And, and I agree. The reason why people get caught up in that is because they assume that they're always going to have time. They assume that they have a tomorrow. Um, you know, the reality is they say, you don't know what you got till it's gone. But the reality is we know what we got, but we just assume that we're never going to lose it. So for me, I assumed, you know, I was in the military. I was, you know, getting ready to deploy. I was like, man, I'm going to be able to kick indoors and chew stuff all day for the rest of my life. I'm going to, this is my career. And then when that was taken from me, I was like, holy shit, I, now what do I do? And that's when I started thinking about all the regrets. So, you know, it's okay to, to look at stuff and, and to be inspired. But the more important thing is, are you a person who wants to just watch people be inspired? Or do you want a person that goes out there and kicks ass and inspires other people? Don't just watch the movie. Get in the movie. Be a rock star. Make it happen for other people. And you're going to find out that once you're in there, you're going to keep wanting to do it more and more. And all of a sudden now you're starting to do it. You're the one that's making things happen. And that's what we have to do if we want to change what's going on around us. I'm with you, man. And, and I believe also that we are in a society where it's too much information. Um, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, people will disagree with me like they feel that they can make a better decision because they're able to research it. But what happens, I don't know if you agree with me, but what happens is that they get into this vicious circle and they question their questions and they question their answers. And it's just a matter of too much information. It is time to grab your nuts, step up to the plate and go forward, man. I mean, that's in, in my world, if I'm if I'm coaching a CEO, if I'm coaching a police officer, if I'm coaching a military, whatever it is, the bottom line, I'm going to say, hey, listen, you got to step up and make a fucking decision yep. and move forward with it. That, that's absolutely right. In chapter six, I talk about my, my uh, squad leader, uh, Staff Sergeant Basil Reed. That guy was deployed in country longer than most people were serving. And he had just amazing experiences. And we were doing a shoot house one time. And we were doing a 24-hour shoot house, live rounds, iteration after iteration. We were first squad, so we were the first one through the door every time. And he takes us to the wood line at one point and says, all right, let's go ahead and talk about this. And he says, he's smoking a cigarette, and he looks up at me, and he's like, uh, you know what gets more men killed in combat than bullets or IEDs? And I kind of think for a second. And I look at him, up at him as he's smoking a cigarette, and I don't know. And he says, uh, the thing that gets most men killed in combat is hesitation, indecision. So if we stuck up on a wall before we hit a door and we're there for more than a couple of seconds, we're all going to get killed if a grenade or somebody zips that, that wall with an AK, right? So that's what he said. He's like, listen, in combat, things will change. Intel's going to be wrong many times. Opportunities that should be there will not, but other opportunities will arise and they will be targets of opportunity. So the idea is to go through, make a decision, pivot, even if it's incorrect, and figure it out as you go along. Because he always said that the chaos of war will always find you. But the idea is to decide and then go from there. But if you just wait, you know, like what you were describing, um, paralysis analysis, if you will, where we have so much stuff coming in. It, it makes us to where we, we're impotent to do anything, and we can't do that. Make a decision, even if it's wrong, learn from it, and go on. Continue. The only way to do that is by taking action. Watching other people take action does nothing other than watch them take action. You're, you're spot on on that. Absolutely. So let's talk about a subject, one of my favorite subjects, focus. All right. Uh, I've, I've, I've gone to the extreme sometimes, you know, teaching at my school, uh, focus, 
where it's just something that is still to this day not completely understood so kind of give me your translation give me what you feel focus is there's different types of focus obviously but to me focus is just being able to for example we were discussing earlier how to to set ourselves up to succeed so when i was writing my, my book for example i would give myself one hour increments and i would i call it intellectually sprinting so for 50 minutes in that hour, I would work as hard as I could to get as much stuff done as I could. And that would keep me focused and that would keep me on task because I knew that I only had 50 minutes to get it done. So that helped me stay on task. And then I knew that I had 10 minutes that I could get up, walk around, do whatever it was, and then get back in that chair and start working on the, on the rest of my book. So that kind of focus is what keeps us accountable by having that deadline. Without a deadline of some sort, time doesn't mean anything, right? So by having that focus of knowing what we have to get done and having this time limit, it forces you to stay on task. It essentially says that the more time that we have to do something, the longer it takes us to get it done. So if we know that we have to have something done by next Friday, we're not really going to be urgent to get it done. But if you call me up and say, hey, Marcus, we have to have this done by tonight at midnight. Well, guess what? I'm busting my ass until midnight to get it done. What it does is it forces us to see what our capabilities and our, our possibilities are, and it forces us to, like you say, stay on task and focus to get it done. Without focus, I couldn't have got my book written. Without focus, you couldn't be doing this podcast right now. And so many people think that they can just stay focused when they're motivated, and we've already talked about what happens when you do that. So getting distractions out of your life so you can be able to kind of narrow in and, and get that small focus um, and you know it's the old saying when we're shooting a firearm you know aim small miss small so you know we have that that focus in life our focus going forward our focus should be never and this is one one absolute I live by this your focus should never be your past your focus should be looking forward what's ahead of you unfortunately a lot of people out there in this world focus on what happened to them in the past so if we could retarget and start putting more energy and focusing going forward i believe it'll help everyone much more than just sitting there kind of contemplating their past i agree there's everybody we can hindsight's 2020 20, but you can't live your life looking in the rearview mirror and again we, we always have to endeavor to move forward if we're worried about the past, we're going to trip on that stuff every single time. We, we can't let that stuff dictate what we do right now in this moment. You have a chapter, you weren't on a chapter, but in a couple pages that you write about what you give, uh, giving of ourselves. Uh, to me personally, I'm a big believer that warriors are all about giving. If you can't give of yourself and help people, you're not a warrior in my book. I don't give a shit where you come from. So talk to me about what it means to you to give. One of the quotes or one of the, the examples I, lip, I give in there is the example of, let's say two, two people both give you $100. They each give you a $100 bill. But one of the people, that's the only money that they have and the other one's a multimillionaire. So while they gave the same amount to me, the percentage of what they gave is not nearly the same one. That's what we have to do in anything that we're doing. I'm trying to give the best possible quality and the best truth that I've experienced in my life 
to you, to all your listeners, and to everybody that reads my books or listens to me speak. Whenever we teach, whenever we're doing martial arts, if we're an upper belt, we're trying to give our knowledge, give our skill, give the opportunity for this lower belt to learn from us. It's not an ego thing. It's not about me getting, you know, oh, I can throw this white belt around. Well, I should be able to, right? It's about giving them that opportunity to learn. That's the way I look at it. I try to give people what I feel that I, whatever I can give them at that time to the best of my ability. And, you know, some people will take it, some people will not, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to reduce my, you know, efforts in the process. How do you prepare yourself for adversity? You have to prepare yourself for adversity long before you get there, my friend. You know that. We have to get ready to, I, I talk about walking into the ring or walking into the cage. I, I already had it even. And even within all that hardship, that was still hard for me to, to get to because I kept thinking to myself, man, why did this happen to me? Geez, what, what's going on now? What am I going to do next? So I still had to wait and sift away a lot of that stuff to get back to that, that truth of, you know what? I may not be able to control what's going on around me right now, but I can control the way I'm reacting to it. And if this is the only life that I have right now, I'm going to make the most of it that I can. And that's the way we have to do it. We have to prepare for adversity by failing over and over again. That's what thickens our skin, right? It's like when you're getting tossed around or if you're picking up uh, some sort of weight off the ground, I can't just pick up the same weight every time. I have to slowly increase that and have that mindset every day. If I don't have it, I'm easily victimized or ambushed when it comes to life. The biggest setbacks on individuals that I have met throughout my career has been fear. And the lack of knowledge to overcome fear. Um, talk to me a little bit about fear and how you personally overcame it, because I got to believe there were times in your life going through what you were going that you might have feared that you would never walk again. And that must have been devastating to your spirit. So I want to know how you overcame that fear. That fear. It, it sounds kind of crazy, but I had the fear of walking, of not walking again, but that was a fear that actually motivated me. I was more afraid than any other time I'd ever been in my entire life. So the fear of not walking is what pushed me to try to overcome those things. Even in life, whenever we have fear, we have to understand that that's a, basically our body's way of getting us ready for whatever's going on. If I'm afraid of something that's going on in front of me, it means chances are I have to have all of my systems firing. I have to have all of my sensories ready to, to encounter whatever I'm encountering. There's no other way to overcome fear. Fear is normal. It's not going to go away. We have to acknowledge it for what it is. Say, okay, I'm a little bit afraid, but I'm going to continue to move forward. If we let it stop us, then that's whenever we get hurt or we get somebody else hurt in the process. Fear is an, it's a form of inevitability, but the idea is to continue through it and recognize it for what it is. It's just a temporary emotion. What inspired you while you were in bed? What was it that inspired you? Did you read? Did you, you know, uh, listen to podcasts? Did you, you know, uh, talk to me? The... The biggest one initially was obviously to walk, and then once I got some feeling back and I was able to actually start looking and reading about stuff, I started going back through all the things that I thought about, all the books. Um, you know, Pressfield's book, the, the War of Art, was a big kick in the ass because he talks about acting. He talks about not waiting. He talks about the fact that it's going to be tough. So if you're a writer, if you're a creative, if you're a martial artist, if you're 
a Leo or if you're in the military, there's going to be tough times. It's supposed to be. Without that toughness, you're not going to be able to move forward to the next part. Um, we talked about Thick Face Black Heart before, and I, I re-delved back into that because that thing, all those truths that rang true were even louder after I had gone through my, my hardship. And then I started getting myself ready and started to think about all the lessons that, that I had forgotten about for my injury and try to jot those things down and then try to put everything together to where the book kind of actually started writing itself once I started narrowing it down to what was really important. You have uh, an area here that you talk about swagger in, stagger out. (laughs) And uh, I want you to kind of expand on that a little bit. Uh, It's uh, it's an old, uh, I have many martial arts stories that kind of go that route. And uh, even as recent as... (laughs) And in the basketball in the basketball court with my son, you know, and the kid with the nicest sneakers and the best shorts, and all of a sudden, he quits. And so, talk to me about that. Swagger in, stagger out. That's, you know, that's what we run into a lot. Like you were talking about martial arts, or somebody that has a swagger, this braggadocious mentality, this arrogance to them. But a lot of times, they get that way, um, like. We talk about a person who maybe they're very gifted in martial arts, where they're a natural athlete. It's not very difficult for them to pick up these skill sets. And then you have that person who you show them the technique four times, they've, they've got it pretty much mastered. Then you have the person who is next to them, and they've been doing that same technique for months, and they still can't do it properly. But what's happened is because they failed at it so often, because they have hit that adversity and gotten better at that technique, now they appreciate it more. So now whenever they continue to level up and now they go up against this other person who it was easy for them, the person who walks in with that swagger, once they are actually pushed, once they actually face adversity, once it's actually hard for them because everything up to that point for them has been easy, once they face it, they can't do it most of the time. And they're usually broken or they usually give up when they're pushed up against a person who's had to work hard for what it is. So they'll swagger in, they'll come in, they think they're a badass. They get their clock clean, they get their ass handed to them, and they, they stagger out. And hopefully the humility goes with them, but a lot of times it does not. They just go to another endeavor and then try to do the same thing there. And unfortunately in society, that's very common, as you know. How important is it to lose? It's the most important thing you can possibly learn. It is the most important thing. It's so easy to learn to win, but you don't learn anything when you win. I learn more when I lose. I learn more if I drop my hand and you knock me out. And I was like, man, I can't believe I forgot that. I should have had my hand up. I can't believe I got hit with that hip toss. How did I leave my, myself up like that? The loss is the most important thing. Even when you win, it's almost unsatisfactory because you're like, okay, so I did everything right. How can I improve? That's why you have to have that coach or, or an instructor like yourself that says, listen, okay, we won and that's great, but you did X, Y, and Z incorrectly. And we could have easily gotten beaten in that process or you know, whatever the endeavor is. The idea is to lose, lose quickly so that you can get better, so that you can lose again and continue to get better so that the losses are fewer and fewer. Death by ego. Expand on that. <laughs> Death by ego, man. So... And for the for the listeners, I have things- Marcus on camera here. And I could, <laughs> I could see his expressions. That's funny as shit. Right. Oh man, it's awesome. The uh, one of the things you know we always talk about is we worry about what other people think. So in the book, I discuss. Um, I was in South Africa, 
and I went on a fishing boat. And I'm just a land lover from the middle part of the United States, so I'm not really on the ocean much. And we're going out there, and the captain sees me, and I don't have my sea legs, and I've already got the green face. And so he doesn't really look at me, but he's looking at me as he says this. And he says, okay, if anybody's going to get sick, I want you guys to lay down on the deck on your side, wrap your arm around the side, and just let it happen because we'll rinse it off and it's not a big deal. So not long after that, I feel like I'm getting ready to throw up and uh, chum, as they say. Luckily for me, everybody around me ran to the side because there were a lot of seals. I didn't know what the big deal was when the crew members pointed them out. I was like, well, here's my opportunity. So I lean over the side and I proceed to unceremoniously give up my breakfast. I'm doing that because I don't want other people to see me doing it. And in hindsight, it was a bad idea because I stood up because I wanted to do it quickly. I didn't lay on my side. As I stood up, my body contracted when I was, I was heaving so violently and it made my legs fire. And it almost, it threw me almost overboard and I was holding on. As I was chumming, I was attracting sharks. So as I'm holding on to the side of the, the rail, my feet are touching the water and the crew's coming over to pick me back up. I realized when I get back on there, I was like, oh, I guess that's what he meant. I should actually lay on my side and do this. So the moral for me was the idea of, I was worried about those people seeing me throw up and look uncomfortable and look a little bit, you know, uneasy. But in the end, the most important thing was to do what the guy told him because he knew what was going on and he probably saw that I was going to do that exact thing. So, um, you know, ego can get you killed if you let it. Society that we live in, we care so much about what other people think about us. I mean, you look left, you look right. It's uh, all about, hey, what are they going to think about us? What are they going to think about me? What are they going to think about my family, my finances, the car I drive? Talk to me about that. Yep. I recently had my first thumb down on my TEDx talk. And... Somebody like actually screenshotted it and sent it to me. They're like, hey, you know, you've got all these views, but you got somebody that gave you a thumbs down. You got all these likes and one thumb down. And for just a second, I was like, oh, man. And then I realized that you can't please everybody. I realized that no matter how good, you know, your pizza is, somebody's not going to like pizza, right? So not everybody's going to like what I say, and I'm okay with that. Not everybody's going to like this podcast. They don't have to. But the people that do like it will, will like it a lot. And even if I was able to talk to that person that gave me the thumbs down, chances are I'm not going to be able to change their mind. Chances are just the idea of adversity or the way that I said it. I had another person that talked to me and they said, in your, speech, in your TEDx talk, you say, you know, adversity hates you, but it only hates a certain part of you, the weak part. And they didn't understand what I had said there. They just thought that I said that adversity hates you. And then they went off on this rant about how, well, you know, blah, 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 and yada, yada, yada. It's like, well, first of all, you didn't hear what I said. You heard what you wanted to hear. And that's what people are going to do. They're going to hear a certain part of it. And once they get to this point, they're going to stop listening. And that's okay. I don't have to have everybody like me. I don't want everybody to like me because a lot of the people that are out there are people that I probably wouldn't want to be around anyway. So it's okay. The people that want to hear what we have to offer, they will listen to it. And the people that don't, hopefully they have enough intelligence, common sense, and maturity to walk on. And if they want to say stuff, that's okay too because my... I think my skin's a little bit thicker, and I'm not going to worry about it too much. And uh, I don't know if you agree with me, but certainly you have uh, these keyboard 
commandos, these keyboard warriors. Yeah, <laughs> keyboard man, warriors. All yep. they do is go out there and uh, just, you know, give thumbs down, or they're just haters. I mean, there's an old saying: yeah. if they're not talking about you, good or bad, uh, you're you're not really being successful. You got to have a lot of negative your way. Unfortunately, that's the way the world works. I mean, just recently, I received. <laughs> Uh, what was it through Facebook or someone saying, hey, you need to stop the way you're doing business because you're an imposter and you're copying somebody else's whatever. Like, really, <laughs> really get really? out of here with that. Wow. Like, come on, man. <laughs> you know, like it, it's just a, and then for 20 seconds, I, w I was about to fire off and answer this guy and set him straight and spend 20 minutes on a <laughs> text. And then I just <laughs> said, you know what? This is not what I'm about. You know, I got a stronger mindset. No. Move on and, uh, you know, let yep. the rocks come your way. Just shield them and keep on moving. That's about it. Use the rocks to your advantage. Get stronger. All right. So um, inhibition. Right. You talk about this in the book, and uh, I think that is a, a, a key component of negativity in, in our life, especially with media and social media uh, kind of doing everything behind social media. But when you go out there in this world, you're, you know, you're inhibited for the reasons of you just don't know how to let yourself go around other individuals, around life itself. Talk to me about inhibition a little bit. Inhibition, like you're mentioning, there's a lot of things where people will try to silence your either your freedom of speech or even your opinion, and they want to they want to do that by trying to put you in this box or trying to make you feel badly about what you say or do. You, you can't let that happen. There's so many people that need to hear what you and I are saying right now, this moment. If we allow other people to speak out against it or try to inhibit our ability to do that, it keeps us from actually reaching the people that need to hear what we have to say. In the book, I talk about inhibition. I talk about the fact that we should use that as our advantage. So, for example, if I'm trying to eat right and I'm trying to lose weight, if I don't buy crap food or if I had the right food that's in my, my meal plan and I keep it in the house, I inhibit myself from having the the temptation to eat something I shouldn't. And even if I think about, okay, well, I would really like you know something that shouldn't I shouldn't eat. So if you're a person who wants to eat a cheeseburger and fries and a Coke, but you don't have it right there, you're like, well, now I'm gonna have to go out and have to go drive to the the drive-through joint, and it's cold outside and it's it's late and I'm kind of tired. Those are all things that inhibit you from doing the wrong thing. But if you drive through the drive-through on the way home and now you sit down and you're watching TV. That's not helping you at all. That doesn't inhibit you whatsoever. So set yourself up to succeed. So like we were talking about before, whether it be setting out your clothes and your workout stuff you know, beforehand, whether it be buying the right kind of food for your food prep before you get started, these are the things that set you up to succeed because, again, as we said, when motivation goes down, discipline leads to organization, and that's what allows you to make the right decision even when you don't feel like it. Practice does not make perfect i am absolutely 100 percent with that my brother expand on that a little bit you know the uh the example that i made was so i'm just showing simple combination and it was uh, just something to warm everybody up it's cold and i say okay jab cross and put two minutes on the clock and one side holds you know one partner holds the focus minutes for two minutes 
and the person's working jab cross. And in those two punches alone, you can see how long the person's been doing it. You can see how long the person has been doing it incorrectly. You can also see how concentrated they are on that technique. It's pretty simple, right? So if they're starting to think about other things, so if they're doing the combination incorrectly, they've been doing it incorrectly for 20 years, and their mind, they're like, yeah, I can do the jab cross because they've been practicing it that long, but they've been practicing it incorrectly. So practice does not make perfect. Only perfect practice makes perfect. So whenever you practice anything, whether it be our mindset, whether it be our thoughts, whether it be martial arts, whether it be reinforcing our, our discipline, we have to do that consistently and have to do it as perfectly as we can because every time we do it, it sets that that path for us to get there. And if we don't, we're just going to do what everybody else is doing before you know it. You're throwing it like everybody else and you don't look like you know what the hell you're doing. So, Awesome. All right. The last thing that we're going to talk about here today, and this is a very powerful one, it's the power of mindset. And you kind of break it down in the book here where you, act, you, you break it down and you say, hey, at the very minimum, this is your starting point. Talk to me. When they were looking at my MRI, um, when I was recovering, when I was in physical rehabilitation, the physical therapist looked at it and he said, how in the hell were you even walking? I haven't been able to walk six months before this, let alone, you know, do rucks and all that crazy stuff you were doing. And I thought, and I, I could think of nothing else. And the, the only thing I could say was, I guess it was just my mentality. If you give us no other reason than to believe that something is going to happen, if I believe something will happen, I should be able to do it. So, for example, if I'm trying to open a door up and it's stuck, but it's not locked, it's just a little bit stuck. If I try to open the door and all of a sudden ugh, it doesn't open all the way up, if I give up because of my mindset, if I don't follow through mentally, that door's not going to open. But if you tell me before, it's like, hey, Marcus, before you go in there, that door sticks. Now, when I hit the resistance of trying to open that door that sticks, I don't give up. I use my mindset that tells me to follow through. I push through. All of a sudden, now the door opens, and I get on with the rest of my life. Mindset is the one thing, no matter who we are, that we can control. It doesn't matter if you can walk. It doesn't matter if you are driving your vehicle. You're the one that's in charge of your mindset. Don't let somebody else's outside ideas or somebody's outside influence create that mindset in you. Marcus Aurelius says that there are no truths. There are only opinions from other people. So keep a made-up mind that you are going to be the, the bigger person. You are going to be the person who has the warrior mindset. You're going to live that mindset every single day of your life and everything you do, whether it be open the door for somebody else or whether it be taking the high room when some idiot online tries to make a comment about you. That's what we do, and that's the code that we keep ourselves strict to. Awesome. This spoken from a warrior man right here. Let our listeners know, Marcus, where can they buy your book? All right, let's start off with the name of your book, where they can buy it. Keep in mind, before we even get there, I'm going to put the link to buy the book on the show notes and on the website for my listeners, and you guys need to go grab this book. Go for it. Beautiful. Thank you. The, the book is called The Gift of Adversity, and it's available on Amazon. Um, it's a black cover. It's got a picture of me in a black T-shirt. Um, they did a great job on the cover, making me look a lot better than what I really am. And then, <laughs> and then the the website is just my name, MarcusAureliusAnderson.com, and you can find me on Instagram under that handle. You can find me on LinkedIn under that handle. You can find me at Facebook. I've got a page there. Find me on Twitter, and that's where I'm at, my friend. Awesome, awesome. 
Listeners, go follow this guy. Go grab his book. I mean, it's an unbelievable read. You guys are going to love it. Um, and it's uh, what I like about it. It's straightforward and it's an easy read. Nothing technical, nothing long and boring. It keeps you on the edge of your seat all the way through. And it just uh, has some great quotes there. Marcus, you must have gotten a, a ton of co- quotes out there from, <laughs> you know, some monster warriors in our field. Absolutely. I'm I'm, I'm really lucky to, to have been able to do that. And I'm, I'm just so happy to be on here again, brother. Thank you so much. I'm I'm truly honored. Man, thank you again for being on, and certainly we're going to have you back soon. I wish you the best success with your book, and we're going to do everything on our end to, to push it and let uh, let your message out there. All right, brother? Stay thank you, safe. Brother. Okay, you too. There you have it. What a great conversation with Marcus Anderson. Now go pick up his book, The Gift of Adversity, Overcoming Paralysis and Pain to Find purpose. You can go buy it at amazon.com and I'm going to go ahead and put the links on the show notes. Gentlemen, don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Man of War Podcast. Also, please do yourself a favor. Go grab the free manual, the free booklet that I spent hours and hours putting together, forgingawarrior.com forward slash manual. Don't forget to join the Online Warrior Academy for free right now, right now at forgingawarrior.com. Until next time, remember, your life may be challenging and full of dangers, but never retreat. Your last battle may be your greatest victory.